Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks postgame podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. It is late night. The Hawks are 0-2. It's a tank win. <laughs> We've got a lot of hockey to talk about on this late night where we landed from Denver a few hours ago. Got to watch the uh, riveting Bears game. And then oh, yeah. Watch the Hawks on the second screen. First screen for me, of course, being that it's my job and all that. But boy, oh boy, fellas, uh, it's been a long day. It's going to be an even longer night, but let's get to it. This is one of these games. It's sort of like we talked about last night. The Hawks are going to compete. They're going to play hard. And I don't want to go any further without mentioning the name Alex Stalock, who, despite the several heart palpitations he gave me with his adventures out of the crease <laughs> in this game, he was outstanding. The Hawks lose one nothing. It could have been a lot worse at the same time. They could have won this game, too. So they were in it. They played hard. They had their chances. And it's just like it was against Colorado. It's a matter of talent. And they just don't have a lot of talent on this team. Yeah, Stalock plays uh, Stalock plays goalie like I play goalie in NHL 23. <laughs> like, I'm all over the place, but he actually makes the saves. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we've, you know, we've been joking about, you know, Mrazek and, and Stalock. Um as you know the, the the tandem this season but these two games i mean yeah you know Mrazic got no help having to try and kill off six power plays against the avalanche like good luck with that but uh you know outside of that like he didn't look too bad uh at, at least at five on five against the abs and stay tonight like he was the only reason this game was 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 any close so I mean, I'm not going to go off and say, hey, we, we might have some Jennings, uh, you know, Jennings trophy aspirations <laughs> or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 great to see. And, and just for Staylock, you know, the, the, his his story of, you know, missing time yeah. uh, because of, of of complications due to covid and everything and, um, you know, just being able to come back and, and you know, one I was this his first game in like two years? No, he, played, he didn't he play like he played one game last year. Yeah, I think it okay. was his second second NHL start in twenty six months. Yeah. So, so yeah. To, to to come out and be able to do that um with you know just very little NHL time in the last like two years, like it was impressive. So yeah, exactly the kind of of, of loss in these last two games that we kind of have been talking about where the plan is to tank plan is not to win, mm -hmm. but at least they're showing some of the things that we want to see from this team. Yeah. Uh, they still don't have a five on five goal this season through two games. Um, and that really? might, that might, it might take them seven or eight games to get there at this point. Andreas Anthony, see you, my guy. Girl, <laughs> finish for the yeah. love of Christ, please. Um, if he scores on that early breakaway, he had the defense beat. There wasn't a guy within 15 feet of him. Yeah. And just right into the goalie. If he scores there, who knows what happens? Yeah. Uh, I know I know. we're all about tank losses. We're all about not getting points. But, man, finish your they, damn chances. They're going to have to win some games just to make this yeah, you I know, mean, bearable. You know. But, listen, if you want to trade a guy like that for a decent return – He's got to put the puck in the net. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's just, there were it's Victor Stahlberg all over yeah, again with this guy. There were a few chances with, I mean, the breakaway, obviously, in the first and solid save. I don't want to take anything away. 
Um, nice kick save on the backhand there, but there are a few chances where you saw it on the penalty kill where he, that's why Richardson has him out there to make an offensive play every now and again. And they came, but there's just no finish to his game. And, And just sort of generally fellas, you know, our eyes have been trained over the last 15 years for hockey to look a certain way, right. For a pass to be completed or, you know, a puck to be held in. And when you've got the talent deficit that the Hawks have, those passes are off by a little bit or you can't hold the puck at the line or, you know, you go behind the net and you're not, you're a step like Jujar Kara could have had a breakaway, but he was a step too slow. That's the talent gap. It's those little fractions of inches that, Oh, if that pass had just been on the money, it could have been a breakaway or a one timer or whatever. And those happen again and again and again and again through the course of the game. We're like, oh, maybe there's something. Now the pass was at his feet or it hopped over his stick or whatever. We see it over and over and over again. And that's the difference between these elite teams when the Hawks were four lines deep and six defensemen deep. Everybody could make a stretch pass on the entire team on the money. That's the difference between the Avalanche and the Blackhawks, right? Like it's just... And well, that, that and about it, 80, 85 other things. But well, right, yes, but it was right. just like it was just the frustration of, yeah. oh, I see what they're trying to do, but they just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Part of it, too, I think, is still learning the system. And as we talk about the the, the lone goal the Hawks gave up um, to to Cotter, to, you know, they had some pr- – they just got off the power play. The Hawks did. Had some good looks. I think they had three shots on that power play. Kurashev brings the puck in. Gives it to Taves. Taves gets tied up a little. And I couldn't tell if he was attempting a shot or a pass like into the slot. Either way, it's not it's not a hard enough attempt because he's obscured by the defenseman. And they're off to the races the other way. It was a two-on-one. Uh, Caleb Jones, who we're going to get to because I think he had a pretty brutal game. Um, yeah, Caleb Jones has no great. shot on that one. Stalock has no shot. It is a two-on-one with no help coming the other way. And that's the difference in the game. It's, it's the turnovers. It was, killing them. It was the second two on one breakaway allowed. Yes. In like a span of like 30 seconds or maybe a minute. And uh, on the first one, I, I Stalock made the save, but Philip Roos, you got it. And same with Caleb Jones on both of them. Like you guys either got to commit to take away the pass and let it be a, a, a goalie one on one, or you got to take away the shooter and force him to either make a, a cross ice pass or or shoot the puck earlier than than they want to. You can't just stand there in the middle. You know, it, even you know we, we joke about it, but at least some, some guys, Brent Seabrook, Eric, Eric Gustafson, at least some of them would hit the deck and 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 force you know force a shot early or, or take away the pass lane. But you can't just stand there and and you, you got to make a commitment earlier than that. And on the second on the second one, Stalock had no chance. It was just a rip by cop. Yeah, Caleb Jones had the old uh, your controller batteries died on that one. Yeah. Just yeah. Got stuck in between, wasn't sure what to do, but you can't do nothing. If you're not sure, just fall down and take the mm-hmm. pass away, right? Like, yeah, that's what you have to and, do. And he put his he put his stick out to like cover the pass when it was obvious that Cotter was already committed to shoot. Like it was like, uh, I'm gonna do something, it's the wrong thing. Like he was already like <laughs> yeah, he was already halfway through his back, you know, follow-through when he decides yeah. to take away the pass. Not a great game for Caleb Jones. Um, took a took a lousy penalty in the third period down a goal too um and then there was a, there was a play i want to say it was a second period philip Bruce made a real nice play 
to take away the puck, passes it across to Caleb Jones, and again, Jones puts it right in the middle back of the ice, and it's it, it leads to a Vegas scoring chance. So, you know, I'm not down on Caleb Jones as, as a lot of Hawks fans are. We already got it in the in the chat. I, I get it on Twitter. It, but he's got to be better than that. I Do I expect him to be an elite defenseman? Do I expect him to be play at the level his brother Seth is? Seth, by the way, really good game tonight. Yeah, um, Patrick Sharp he, was all over it with Seth Jones. And he was correct. Calling he out was all very, the little things. Yep. Very disruptive in his own end. He, yep. was, he was taking away passes. And he was super physical last night uh, against Colorado. So Eight hits last night. Yeah, seven of those in the first two periods. Uh, he was all over the place. He was, he was. I guess he was like, if you may be fast enough to skate by me, but you can't skate through me. <laughs> I yep. don't know what that was, but um, you 27. know, twenty seven oh five for Jones tonight. He was great. Seth yeah, was good. great. Caleb needs to be better. I don't. I don't have high expectations for Caleb, but my expectations for him are much better than what we saw tonight. Yeah, I think let's first game though. Well, yeah, like, I'm not going to get like, like it's. We got people on chat saying he's not a, he sh- he shouldn't be in the NHL and it's only because his brother no he is better than that he's better this is the worst game he played as a hawk in my opinion uh, and it's understandable because he's coming off an injury he's hasn't played in a game situation in a few weeks like let's yeah let's, and he's and he's yeah. paired with Philip Philip Roos who's he's he's never played with so, yeah like mm-hmm. like if it's 14, 15 games in the season and he's still playing like this then it's time to maybe figure out something else but yeah it's one yeah. game on the road after an injury just take it be better that's it learn from it um but the one the first period tonight was i i, I enjoyed uh like one thing that we've noticed right off the bat is and i'm not saying it's never going to happen but the days of this team just looking completely unprepared and not ready to play at puck drop, I think, are over. Now, I'm sure there will be times when just, it's inevitable. Teams are going to come off flat. But this team looks prepared and yeah. and competent in the first period. They were really good to start this game. I really like how they played through the neutral zone early. They were taking away a lot of passes through the neutral zone. That's exactly what... Luke Richardson has preached during training camp is he doesn't, he wants to pressure in the neutral zone and get the puck going the other way. And they did that for a lot of the first period, second period. They just got, they just got owned in the second period, but then, but then was good, uh, good in the third period again. So it was kind of like last night, the first and third periods were, were, were decent. Third period in Colorado was really good, but that second period, but you know, it's, it's what we're we've been expecting all season, but the the compete levels there, and that's that's what you want to see a, a a competitive loss. Let's get eighty more of them. <laughs> I'm not singing. Uh, Brandon just put the lyrics to a Brian Adams song, a uh, little adaptation in the chat. I am not singing that, but I see you, and I appreciate the creativity uh, on a late night broadcast and now Friday morning broadcast. Um, uh, here's the thing with uh, Jones, and if you want to throw Jared Tenorti into this too. If Alec Regula is with the NHL club, Alec Regula should be in the lineup. I don't want him missing games for Jared. I forgot his name already. Tenorti or (laughs) Caleb Jones. I just don't like neither of those guys. And look, I don't hate Caleb Jones. He's fine. He is a number six or seven NHL defenseman. We know what we have in Caleb Jones. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But I don't need to see Jared Tenorti. 
what is, what is that accomplishing? I, I, I don't get that at all. Ragula is a guy who can add some offense, which they're obviously a little bit starved for. He's certainly faster uh, than Tenority, who I, I know that was a, a he got stuck on a long shift, but he looked like, <laughs> he looked like me out there, man. Like it was it was bad for a little bit. Well, not known I, for the wheels. No, I'm glad you brought it up because there was a very interesting little tidbit. I actually had the I had to listen to the first like three minutes of the game in the car. Uh, I had to go pick up my dogs. Uh, from my sister who dog sit for him while we were in Denver. Thank you, Melissa, for that. They appreciate that. But you know, with traffic and everything. But at the beginning of the game, it might have been before, but I had the pregame show on. Troy, Mur- Troy Murray was talking about Caleb Jones back in the lineup and Tenorti playing. And it said that he believes that it's that both Regula and Vlasic are going to get time in Rockford this season mm. to play down there big minutes, big situations. So that could be the plan uh, that like, Hey, once they get everybody kind of back and healthy, those two guys are going to go to Rockford and, and be big time players down there, which I I'm for if they're not going to play here, get them down there, get them playing winning hockey, get them playing, you know, top PK minutes, top power play, put them in all the situations that they're not going to see here. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. All, look, if they got to play. That's the thing. Yeah. If it's Rockford, fine, but not in a press box in Vegas. That that accomplishes right. nothing. I don't. I don't like that. I. Ugh. Yeah, I, I think once uh, as as far as uh, we've kind of heard from from Luke Richardson, um, I believe it was before uh, yesterday's game, speaking about you know kind of the the injury timeline. It sounded like McCabe was on on pace to probably played the home opener Mm -hmm. uh so that uh, don't quote me on that but that kind of sounded like what luke richardson was alluding to so yeah i mean if if vlasic and and regula are going to be sent down and and play 20 plus minutes a night in rockford um you know get some get some special teams time and and be part of the development uh, plan and process with with the rest of the the prospects that they're gonna you know hopefully um, you know, gel with and learn, you know, get some chemistry with and build a, a winning culture in the minor leagues with that's fine. Mm-hmm. The, the, the waiver claim for Jared Tenorti was, was a very clear move of we need a NHL veteran with a pulse that can stay in, in the NHL and, and be a buffer between, you know, the, the bottom of the, the lineup and the rest of the prospects that were, that the Blackhawks are, are hoping develop and and marinate with the ice hogs and and compete with them so if that's the plan and it's it's executed that way i'm i'm, I'm totally fine with it but if there but yeah to, to the to the point if alec regula is just sitting just to sit to play jared tenorti to play caleb jones unless it's you know unless he's egregiously not not getting it uh in in, in practice or in in skates or whatever he's got to be playing. So yeah, if, if the plan is to, to, you know, have McCabe get healthy back in the lineup and then your, you know, your rotation is, is Tenorti and Caleb Jones. And I don't know, maybe Jack Johnson. I'm not sure. Philip Roos is maybe part of that too. Um, if that's the rotation in and out, that's fine. That's a, that's a tanking defense. Yeah. Let's talk about Roos a little bit. Cause I, I, I think he's looked pretty decent over the last two games. When you look at the uh, game cards from last night, he was very blue to the right. And from what I'm told, that's good. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you see, a, little, a little peek behind the curtain. Mario sent us that uh, game. Uh, what are they? The ga- game card. cards or the whatever. Game, the game score. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with with the with the blue lines. I have no idea what any of that means. We got back to the we got back to the Airbnb and we were talking about the game and our lift ride back. And I was like, you know what, Jared Chinorty, he kind of looked. You know, to me, he had a decent game last night. He made that nice play in the second period, threw out a couple hits, and then he crazy. sends us the scorecard. And Chinorty is the only one with the blue line all the way to the left. And I'm like, well, I guess some damn blue lines told me. I don't know what I'm looking at. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, but, that was uh, no. Roos has been fine. Yeah, for yeah. a guy that's never played in North America, playing in the NHL, he looks uh, he looks confident out there. He doesn't look Calm. panicked. Yep. Yeah, he he doesn't look. There a lot of times you see hell. You even see veteran defensemen, not just young defensemen. Anytime a forward comes and four checks on when they got the puck, they panic. He doesn't have that in him, at least so far. Um, and that's that's good. That that's going to get you a lot further than if you you know freak out anytime someone gets it within ten feet of you. So he's been fine. I, I have no. There's no reason to take him out of the lineup at this point. And I think maybe part of the reason he's got Regula and maybe they're they're holding off. The Ice Hogs haven't started their season yet either. Uh, they open up this weekend with back to backs in. Uh, um, Winnipeg against the Manitoba Moose Saturday and Sunday afternoon. So they might be waiting. They want extra D on this three-game West Coast road trip. So they might be waiting for the team to get back, and then they send them to Rockford and let them get a full week of practice before they play with them next, the following weekend. That could be the plan. Um, but then again, you know what? We've thought we can. We've thought many times this summer in this training camp and these third, first two games that we've got our you know thumb on the pulse, and then they do the complete opposite. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you mentioned it too. Like Roos with the calm, just look, he look, he is an older rookie with some pro experience and the game looks like it moves a little bit more slowly for him than some of the other young guys. So yeah, I mean, rotate it, whatever. I just, just bottom line, don't be wasting kids development, um, with them in a press box, right? Vlasic and regular. And I think maybe they weren't sure what Caleb Jones' status was. Maybe this morning. Maybe they said, "Let's let's have the morning skate, see how it goes, see how he feels." They activated him very late. I think it was dur- it was like during the Bears game he got activated. It was it was or maybe right before. Yeah, well, I it think was. it was. I think it wasn't. Go ahead, sorry, Mario. Well, I was just gonna say, I think I think before the game, um, Phil Thompson had had tweeted out that uh that, that caleb jones was going to be in the lineup and then yeah the official like activation off of ir came like 30 minutes before puck drop or whatever yeah. it was yeah, yeah. Well, so maybe th- well maybe with that case they'll then they'll send one of them back i don't know yeah it's we'll uh see. something to watch but i just you know again just sort of i feel after this one kind of like i felt last night and it was i think a little more frustrating because last night felt so like well they're not going to win this right mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. today felt a little more winnable and as the game went on it was like oh my god come on like just generate something and that's what sharp said like they've had a few good looks but they haven't been able to sustain anything yeah you know maybe you had one or two shifts and the power play wasn't great either today they had the one where they had three shots on goal and one of them but none of them yeah. were you know super high danger chances by any means but yeah again that's the talent gap I think if they if if they can knock it down after these two games, these two losses, and they carry you know the the way that they played last night 
and then tonight and they carry that over into Saturday, we might be talking about a win on Saturday. Yeah. I think, I think they, you know, the way that they've, they've played these first two games, they've played obviously 31, 30 other NHL teams are more talented than the Blackhawks. <laughs> um, but they're, you know, they're playing two teams that are more talented than they are, but Colorado is the cream of the crop in the league. Vegas is a borderline playoff team. If you squint hard enough. So, you know, then you get to play in the Sharks if you if if the Blackhawks have a kind of effort that they've had in the last two games against a team like the Sharks, who are closer to them in in talent level, they might be talking about a win on Saturday. Which I mean, hey, if you go one and two uh, for for each three game stretch, if you go one and two, uh, I think that would be I'm doing some quick math. I think that that would be probably f- ending uh, the season in the Connor Bedard range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon asked if he should go to Saturday night's uh, Sharks game. He's got an hour drive. Yeah, it's a, it's Saturday night at the NHL game. Go, yeah. and if you go, click on the uh, game time uh, link in the description right below yeah. the YouTube video. After you hit that like button, and then get your tickets there because you're going to save a ton of money. Yeah, that game time is uh, clutch. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. As the kids say. Should we talk about another awesome money saving opportunity that that our, uh, our fans can get now? Yes. Why not? Uh, I am not? super stoked for our new newest sponsor, uh, Shady Rays. I'm a big fan. When I, when they told us we've got them coming on board, I own multiple pairs, including these are my favorites. Right, here. I'm going to put them on for the read. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice. Actually, I'm not because no, I can't see the copy. But you can see. <laughs> good luck. That's how good they are. I can't even see my computer screen when I have them on. So don't wear them at work. But Shady Rays is my favorite sunglasses comp- uh, company. I love a good pair of sunglasses. These are high quality. They are a great value. Uh, the folks over at Shady Rays never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. And you don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle i love these especially when i'm driving everything is so crystal clear and the best part about shady rays they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your shades on day one they told us they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked dropped in a lake falling off a cliff throwing them at a referee (laughs) after a bad call at a hawks game they'll replace them like falling off a cliff uh, shady rays yeah, to replace exactly. these. No, I'm at the glasses falling off. Oh, okay, them. okay. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. So they uh, obviously shady rays customers agree with the quality and the protection program. They have over two hundred thousand five star reviews. Uh, and here's the even better part: Shady Rays also provides ten meals to fight hunger in America with every order place and have donated over 20 million meals to date they stand by the product and have told our team that if anyone has a problem they will throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right free returns and exchanges you either love the shady rays or they will pay you to ship them back that's it end of story sweet and the absolute best part an exclusive deal for our chgo listeners because we love you and shady rays love you they are running their deepest discount deal 
to date. Use the promo code CHGO at checkout for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. That's buy one, get one free, kids. Oh, you no. can get two, you can get two pairs of the coolest sunglasses I've ever worn for as low as $54. Redeem at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. Check them out. You'll love them. I promise. Yes. That's awesome. I can't wait. Mine are en route. I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm look, I'm definitely looking forward to getting uh, uh, getting my hands on a pair of Shady Rays there. I The, the two sunglasses, uh, pairs of sunglasses that I currently have uh, were both groomsmen gifts. Uh, so the, they are uh, they're good. They're, they're, they're good quality. Uh, for what they needed to be um the uh the pair of sunglasses i had in the summer that uh, are now at the bottom of the chain of lakes i uh, wish <laughs> they could have been a pair of shady rays so i could have gotten them replaced well i'm gonna i'm gonna add that to the read uh instead of falling <laughs> off a cliff at the bottom of the chain of lakes next yeah. to mario's glasses that's right where they are yeah but uh it's yeah so shady rays they are the top of the line in sunglasses and uh when it comes to your gut health sunglasses uh, are not going to do anything for you but what can help you is some athletic greens and their ag1 formula designed to optimize your immune system improve your gut health and give you more natural energy in just one scoop of ag1 you absorb 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods and probiotics and adaptogens to help you start or finish your day the right way and if you have different uh dietary restrictions or choose to eat in different lifestyle diets uh whether they are gluten-free or dairy-free or vegan or whatever it is uh you can incorporate ag1 into those diets without any problems it's easy to incorporate it into your life no matter how busy you might be because it's a small once a day habit with big benefits, just one scoop of AG1 in a cup of water every day. That's all you need to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Blackhawks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Blackhawks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. <sighs> yeah. Yep. 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 That's all true. Good job. Uh, I'm reading multiple things at once. That's why I'm distracted. <laughs> and I'm also completely on fumes. Uh, Brandon uh, is a man yes. after my artery clogged heart asking if the cheese curd burger from Culver's uh, is legit. Yes. Mm. I had one today. It was wonderful. Um, you know what I want to talk about? A couple of people in the chat have talked about um, the happiness or contentment of Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. And I would say Kane is hard to judge while watching on ice because even in his prime, even in his most motivated days, the uh, the piano would arrive on his back when it was time to back check, uh, even in the glory <laughs> days. So it's hard to watch him on the ice and see how hard he's competing. He, he sort of picks the spots. He's very good at it. He's the best American-born player ever. It just is what it is. Uh, I had my doubts about Taves, considering how he looked in the preseason. I thought he looked fantastic against Colorado. Uh, not as good in this one, but still 
Uh, definitely the second best Blackhawk on the team. I think that's that's an easy thing to say. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe put him under Seth Jones if you want to. But uh, through two games, Taves looks good. And, you know, you saw him on the bench talking to Philip Kurashev. He's engaged, right? He's helping these younger players. Jack Johnson talked yesterday after the game about how Taves was a guy saying, hey, if you want us to come out on the ice with you for this ceremony, we'll do it. Whatever you want to do, go out there, be with your teammates, whatever. Mm-hmm. He is showing leadership. And that's what we wanted to see from him. Obviously, he scored a goal last night. So the offense through two games has been there. Um, he's on pace for 41 goals after all. Um, yeah, it's not so bad. Yeah. So I don't know. I All we can kind of do is go as the season goes. And you got to say, like, I'm sure they're frustrated after these two games. But at the same time, they're not. Look, anyone who's played sports at an organized level, like high school sports or whatever, you know if you are supposed to win a game or not, right? Like you have a like you have a pretty good idea. Like when I played football at St. Lawrence, I knew when we went to play Mount Carmel, we were not going to win. As much as I would like to, we'd fire ourselves up and pretend like we thought it was going to happen. I think if the Hawks come away from this trip with two points, they'll be pretty satisfied. Not pleased, because I think this one maybe feels like it got away a little bit. But I think if you you look at this trip on the whole, if they get a win in San Jose, it's positive, right? They didn't get laughed out of the building in uh, Colorado, despite the score looking probably worse on paper than it was. Yeah. A one-goal loss on the road 24 hours after the first game of the season tonight. I don't know. I, I, think, I think you kind of have to go, head home to Chicago. Hell, even if you get one point in San Jose, feeling okay. As long as the games have, you know, remain looking comp- as competitive as they've been. Yeah, I agree with that. But on the flip side, what happens if you go to San Jose and lay a complete turd? Oh, and, that's different. And, and then you then you're gonna f- like the, all that good vibes and yes. feeling positive was right out the window. Absolutely, because everybody saw when we saw this schedule release that the San Jose game is the one game you have the best shot of actually winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, they. Tonight's game was winnable, no doubt. You know, uh, Alex Stalock played his ass off and and deserved uh, a couple of goals there to help him out. Uh, Logan Thompson was really good too. It yeah. wasn't like the Hawks. Um, you know, the the offense looked better tonight, at least for the first and and third periods. The second period, it was gone, but it was better. The, the, they had more offensive chances tonight, more shot attempts. Uh, more shots on goal than they did last night against Colorado. A lot of that had to do is because they weren't on the penalty kill six times, only three times tonight. <laughs> that helps. Uh, yeah, that definitely helps. <laughs> um, but, you know, you go to San Jose and you play like you did tonight and you can find a way to get some offense, then, yeah, you feel good. You go out there and lay an egg and lose four to nothing. Yeah, it's totally different. You're mm-hmm. coming home yeah. like going, man, this this is bad. So, We'll see how that goes. Um, it should be an interesting game Saturday night. Another late night game for sure. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll be with we'll you be here. just like we'll this. Be It'll be remote, but we'll be yeah, with you. But I will definitely be napping at some point on Saturday before that one. <laughs> yeah. Today I was yeah. like, I should take a nap. And then I didn't really walk in the door until like five. I hadn't seen my daughter in three days. So I want to hang out with her a little bit. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to sleep for 20 minutes. I'm going to watch the Bears game. And now I'm just like, that didn't put you to sleep. Fire. Uh, I only watched. I for, I only watched one play of the Bears game, and it was the last one. And that uh, was the most. That was the most Bearsy way to lose a football game if I've ever seen one. Two guys mm-hmm. in the end zone. One guy drops it. The other guy can't 
like, dude, run over the line. Doesn't catch the ball. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, hey, buddy, the, right. the Bears are Bears are losing like the we want the Hawks to lose. Yeah, moral victories. Just yeah, just sure. just close enough to to get you into it, but uh not uh not over the edge. No. Uh no Roids just rage says you notice how Kane really is kind of lost out there without Debrinkit or someone who can play his style of game. Yeah, there was a video before last night's game. He used to always do one timer drills with Debrinkit, and he was in his typical one timer slot. And like he had no one to play with, he was like Millhouse throwing the frisbee back and forth to himself. <laughs> yeah. And finally, I think it might have been Philip Roos who he. I think was it was Roos. Like, he yeah. just he just started throwing pucks at Roos and said, "Throw him back to me." <laughs> yeah, it was kind of sad. And yeah, yeah, like look, I I think Domi's played pretty well. Athanasius had his chances, which he will because he's fast but can't mm-hmm. finish. Um, and Domi's been putting a puck on net or at least trying to. Uh, I officially did not finish with a shot on goal tonight. That's I don't think that's right. I recall a couple opportunities for him. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe they yeah. got blocked. I thought he. I thought he but had one so, in the first. I thought he had one in the first period. At least. Vegas yeah. had a ton of blocked shots, though. They but had that would still count as an attempt. So. Right. Was, so, yeah. You're so, right. Yeah. I don't know. Ten. I don't know. We yeah. got to look at the game card and see how blue to the right he is. <laughs> That's how you know, <laughs> you know how what? good somebody is. You know what? Now, just because you said it, I'm gonna go find it. Yeah. Go take a look. You know, I think, I think, I think Domi and Athanasiu and Kane, it's going to come together eventually. But I mean, these, like, like we said last night, it's not easy to play with Patrick Kane as no. much as you think it is. Right. He's, so, he got spoiled there with, with Panarin and Debrinkit, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I just, I just think, you know, it'll take some time for these guys who are, you know, just trying to figure out their game. I mean, they, they, they keep saying like, oh, they all played at the same junior team. Yeah, but decades apart. Like it's not, it's not like they were you know teammates or anything ever. So <laughs> yeah, the uniform has like Connecticut. You know, so even though it was five years ago, we're we yeah, have natural right, chemistry because right. we both wore green. Uh, look it gets, at the game scores here. This is not good. If what? we get to the point where Luke Richardson is going to break up that that Kane line, which I'm sure he will at some point, but I think I think Richardson is going to keep patience with that line and let them develop some chemistry together um yeah and plus he's probably got some uh some you know directions to be like hey i, I signed these two guys to trade them and they're not gonna you know their best chance of getting a lot of points is playing with 88 so keep them together uh but the one guy i want to see get some time with patrick kane when it's time to switch i think he's earned it is philip kershaw agreed i'd like to see him on that line um yeah, yeah. He, he's he's looked pretty good and you know we said it all last year with dylan strom hey when you put good hockey players with other really good hockey players they see, they seem to play better so maybe put kershaw up there for a game or two let him stay there not just like two or three shifts give him an entire game or two and see what happens. Uh, he's earned it. I, yeah, he, I think he's looked good. I mm. think he's a guy that, 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 that unfortunately, and I, he, Derek King even admitted it to us when he, when he visited our studios late last season, that that was one of the mistakes he made was not really being able to find a role for Philip Kershev and that, they, that the Hawks really haven't. So let's this season, let him be a top six forward and see if he can do it. What is there literally? What is there to lose except more hockey games? What you want to do if it doesn't work out? Yeah, figure it out is, this season. This is the opportunity, the best opportunity that he has to be put into a role like that because there's not many other players that 
you know, could play that style. And, and yeah, if you're looking for a guy who's, you know, got some skill that could potentially mix well with Patrick Kane, go for it. Like, there's nothing that says you have to handcuff those three, Kane, Domi, and Athanasio together. I mean, you can you can mix things up. There's there's no reason that, you know, Luke Richardson can't try and, you know, see see what different pairings, you know, can do together. It's just because Athanasio and Domi and Kane probably have the most skill, you know, on the team. Uh, just because that's the case, the three of them don't have to always play together. Like you can throw in a Phil Kershev, and and part of the part of what, why I wanted Lucas Reichel to be in the NHL to start the season was because yeah, he's a guy that has a a, a lot of skill uh, that that could play off of Patrick Kane. Try and play him with Patrick Kane, but you know he's in Rockford. But yeah, I think Kershev is 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 a guy that could definitely um, benefit from an opportunity like that and through the first two games he's looking more confident than he did uh, last season so that's you know that's a good start uh, a couple comments i want to get to uh no Royd says is it possible that kane is traded for picks and prospects as a rental and the hawks re-sign him in the offseason to a contract so he can retire a black hawk of course possible. it's possible it almost never happens that yeah. way yeah um just i don't know i don't know if the league frowns upon stuff like that or whatever um but i don't know it's tough. Yeah, yeah, it's, Anton Vermette can do it. Patrick Kane can do it. I mean, it, it's not <laughs> yeah. unprecedented. It's happened before. Right. You know, it's, it's possible. It's just unlikely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then uh, Brandon says, uh, I'd love to see Kane around to mentor Bedard. Keep him around. It is, of course, tempting to keep Patrick Kane around. But it's you're also you're talking about getting your competitive window open again sooner. The trade package you could get for Patrick Kane, you're talking like a top prospect and a first to start the conversation. And I know we said that about Alex Dabrinkit, but this is this is Patrick freaking Kane. This is different, right? And it's yeah. the end of a contract and all those sort of things. Like, I don't know. I and there's gonna be a bidding war for him. I think it's. I don't know. I I, I think that's where the conversation starts for me. Is give me a a high end prospect, give me a first round pick, and, and I'll pick up the phone. Yeah, of course, right? It would the, the the sorry, Greg. The options will be somewhat limited because Kane can dictate where he goes. But I still think if he wants to be traded at all, he's not going to say Rangers or bust or Colorado or bust. He'll say, "Here's ten teams I will accept a trade to, or five, or whatever," and that will start a bidding war between those teams. That's the thing is, it's completely up to him waving right. his waving his no moving clause or not. So he could say like. No, I don't want to be traded. I, I want to. I want to stick out the rebuild. Like that could potentially happen. Well, and he, I mean, theoretically too. I correcting myself. He could say, "Yeah, I'll take a trade to the Rangers," and that's it. Right, like, right, he, and he that has would be that it. right. Yeah. Like that's. And I'm just. I just said Rangers, whatever, as a space holder, Team X, you know, and that that'll mm -hmm. obviously diminish the return. But I still think moving him is going to accelerate that rebuild. Uh, and and maybe you know you're whatever you get, you know you're going to get a, a first round. Probably it'll be a bottom half of the first round, but you're probably talking about adding your at least third or fourth best prospect at that point. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. you know I original, you know go ahead, Greg. I was just gonna say the original comment was right. It would be nice to have Patrick Kane here to mentor a Connor Bernard if we get him or an Adam Fatilli, whoever that player is. But I think it's painfully obvious 
that Kyle Davidson is ready to move on from the Stanley Cup era. He's done with it. He wants this organization to be done with it, and let's move on. And bringing Patrick Kane back here for two or three more seasons, while a lot of Hawks fans would like would love to see that, and he probably wants to break those records. I think Kyle Davidson is just like it's, 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 that. That that era is over. Let's move on. Yeah, and you gotta wonder too, like is it- the the personality situation there too, right? Like, I don't know. I, I think there's probably a bit of a, I think players might have trouble getting comfortable around Taves and Kane, you know, because they're such big personalities and they've accomplished so much that it's, it's tough to be somebody that walks into this locker room. I think Seth Jones kind of last year illustrates that pretty well. Like he, Seth Jones is a really established player. But coming in, he took time to find his place here, you know? I still don't think he's completely found it yeah, yet, to maybe be honest not. with you. And maybe they need a, a, a complete washing <laughs> of the dynasty for this next generation, whoever it might be, Seth Jones and insert player here, right? Lucas Reichel and, and Kevin yeah. Korczynski to really take their, their grasp of this franchise because it still feels like it is firmly in the grasp of Taze and Kane. You can't escape those two guys. And you, yeah. should, I mean, frankly, you shouldn't because of what they've right. accomplished. They're legends. They're going to have statues outside the building. I'm not just like, go away. But I do right. think there is something to be said for like, let's just, it's time to move on. It's time for the next generation. Yeah. And Chuck Omako had a comment about the abs and their, their historically bad season. And they only got the fourth overall pick. Granted, that fourth overall pick turned out to be Kale McCarr, which uh, it's good whew. scouting. How the hell did he fall to number four that year? But anywho, mm-hmm. um, the rules have changed since then, yeah. where the team with the worst record, the fewest amount of points, can only drop as low as three. So if the Hawks finish with the worst record, fewest points, they will either get one, two, or three. They can't f- drop further down. So the rules have changed since then. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you are not guaranteed getting the number one pick when you have the fewest points, but you give yourself the best shot at that pick. And that's what they're trying to do here. So um, yeah, they won't fall down to four. If they have, if they finish with that 48 points, like the avalanche did this year, they won't pick fourth. Third will be the worst they could do. Yeah. Uh, the other, and, qu- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Maria. Well, <clears throat> yeah, I'll save it. I'll save it for a different day. Oh well, uh, Sam. Sam is. <laughs> we, we got eighty more of these. I, I, well, I've I got, noticed. I've noticed Sam in the chat uh, the last couple of days, and he's been asking if uh, I'm trying to find the exact comment. So we can't talk about betting on the games. We have eighty games worth of post game shows to say the same things. First of all, we are doing the eighty shows, not you. Um, <laughs> and and CH they're not going to be the same because every, every game is different. Um, but of course we can talk about betting and we're going to talk about betting right now because it is time for our weekly points bet play of the week. Make sure you download the points bet app. When you do use the code CHGO and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Greg, we cannot take the bears on the money line again because they already lost. <laughs> what are we doing this week? Uh, the retroactively the take the bears the under. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Uh, well, uh, and, and Sam, we love you. Thanks for checking in. But CHGO bets is on every day. Get all your betting talk there with uh, Cody and Sean. Um, and we can, of course, we can talk about it, but like yeah. it's game I mean, two. That, that, There's, right. <laughs> we don't have a ton. Well, here like, is you your, know. here yeah, your Hawks. Talk. We've got it for you. Now the line isn't out yet because uh, the Sharks play tomorrow against Carolina. 
before they play Saturday night. So the line isn't set, but whatever it is, <laughs> our points bet player of the week, Hawks, Sharks, Saturday night, bet the under. Bet the under. I think it's going to happen. The Sharks offensively challenged. They have three goals through two games. The Blackhawks have two goals through three games or two games. Um, five combined goals in four games total played. Not a lot of offense there. So, uh, yes, the Sharks will have another game. So they're going to be on the second half of a back-to-back. So And they're going to play Carolina. And they're probably going to get run out of the building against the Hurricanes. So I say take the Sharks, Blackhawks, under whatever it is it's, it's not been the line is not it's go, probably going to be it's six five it's and a half. Al, no it's six. always six it is all, every time i've looked at points bet yeah. for whatever game it is it's six so it, i would be shocked if it's five, not six it might be five and a half but even then whatever take, it is take, take it. it that that's mm-hmm. got a two to one final score written all over it yeah, yeah. definitely so, points bet play of the week sharks blackhawks bet the under Bet the under. All right, let's get our fourth stars of the game out of the way. And then I want to talk a little bit about the broadcast. It was our first experience with Patrick Sharp and Chris Vosters. Uh, and I know we've had some people chatting about it in the chat. That was redundant. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've got some. I think we should get to that a little bit, too. So uh, I am forced to go first, so I will. By the way, the three stars of the game, number three it was Alex Stalock. Uh, number two was Potter. Number three, num- well, number one was Thompson. Uh, for Vegas. So those are your three stars of the game. I'm going to give my four star to Philip Roos. Uh, part of it has to do with the way he played in last night's game as well, but I've been really impressed with his first 120 minutes as a Blackhawk. Look, he's not the kind of guy who's going to make this team uh, significantly better, but it gives them an option. It gives them someone that they could potentially project longer term as part of this team because he is still pretty young. He's only 23. Right. So I like the way he's played through two games, and I'm just interested to see uh, what he's going to turn into. Maybe this is what he is and will remain this for his whole career. But uh, through two games, I've been pretty happy with what I've seen from Roos. Yeah, no complaints there. Yep, no, keep him in the lineup. My, I'm going to go, you picked a uh, NHL rookie. I'm going to go with one of the uh, vets on this team. I'm going with Tyler Johnson. He's been off to a really good start through two games. Uh, He had that really great assist uh, on the uh, Max Domi power play goal last night in Colorado, but he had another strong effort. He had had some some nice, uh, some more slick passes during the game. He's very noticeable. Uh, This is a guy that's easy to root for especially after everything he went through last year to get back on the ice. Uh, he's a guy that's when, when you, when you're in the room after practice or after, after a game, he's always there. He's, he's ready. He's, he's talking to his teammates. He's, he's, he's providing that leadership to these young players and he's gotten off to a really good start. And that line of Tyler Johnson, Jonathan Taves and Taylor Radish uh, were very good tonight. They had uh, 11 shots, Shot attempts four again and only and ten against. They were the only line of the three Blackhawks forward lines to actually outshoot the Vegas Knights when they were on the ice. They had five combined shots for as opposed to three against. So and he was driving that line. Uh, he's he's been the guy that's kind of pushing that line forward. So good two good games, great start to Tyler Johnson. 
you love to see it, and that's not sarcastic. Uh, you actually love to see it. Uh, good guy, Tyler Johnson. And, you know, a resurgence from him. Somebody's got to provide some offense, and he's trying. Yeah. Uh, we just got to get a couple across the line. Yeah, he's one of those underrated guys in the locker room that you look to as as someone who can keep the uh, potentially keep the morale up as this season goes goes along. And you know, if he's having some on ice success, that would be uh, that'd be great to see. Uh, my fourth star of the night. Um, if you're if you're new to this segment uh, with the CHGO Blackhawks podcast and the the fourth stars of the night, we do it because the Chicago flag has four stars in it, and the NHL games give out three stars. Hence, fourth star because we are clever, clever people. Mm. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a player. It uh, doesn't necessarily have to be one person. I am going to give my fourth star of the night to the Blackhawks penalty killing unit because uh, after giving up four power play goals on six penalties uh, to the Avalanche last night, the Blackhawks killed all three power plays that they allowed for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, to have tonight. So, hey, progress. I, I will applaud the baby steps in progress for this team this season because we probably won't have much more besides that. Uh, but, you know, that was that was good to see, it's, you know, especially against a team like Vegas, who who is can be dangerous on the power play. They have a lot of skill guys out there. And, uh, I, I you know, I think the Blackhawks penalty kill unit did uh, did a good job. And Alex Stalock was a big part of it. So. Yeah. And yeah. not having the Avalanche power play unit on the ice helped them look better too, because that's a frightening entity right there. Yes. Um, yes. I tw- when I tweeted out that the, the Hawks <clears throat> penalty kill unit has, was much better tonight, uh, Jesse R- Granger, uh, my buddy who covers the Golden Knights for the Athletic, replied, well, if every anytime you want to get your uh, P- PK unit back on track, face the Vegas Knights <laughs> power play unit. So apparently they're not very good at what they do, but we'll take it. It's a confidence booster. So, so way to go. Yeah, that works. All right, let's get to the broadcast here. And uh, we got a first comment as Brandon says, Chris Vosters hates Chicago sports. Let me tell you this. I don't think Chris Vosters hates anything. He no, is he like not. the sweetest guy in the world. <laughs> I don't think he has like a vindictive he's... bone in his body. He's almost too nice. Yeah. Chris you is a good what? dude. Yeah. Before uh, earlier today, uh, my better half and I watched that Barney the Dinosaur documentary that came out on Peacock, and and Chris Foster's is like the human in, is in, embodiment in of he's not, <laughs> but he is like the human embodiment of Barney the Dinosaur, always positive, always happy. Uh, so yeah, and people I mean, hate I, him for no reason. Exactly, yeah, because he's right. too positive. Uh, yeah. And I bet you, if we if we get the get Chris to call in from his childhood bedroom, there might be some Barney <laughs> toys somewhere in there. <laughs> no, I I think that I think the crew sounded good. There's obvious chemistry with uh, Sharp and Vossers. Um, I, I really like. I think Sharp is he's finding his way, but he's been critical. He's been fair. One thing I liked was. You know, when Stalock was adventuring out of the net, I wasn't sure if he was going to say anything about it. He, and I, because I don't know how players feel about that. Like, if you're going back to retrieve a puck and you look up and your goalie's, you know, going to get the puck for you, is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Patrick Sharp described what he was doing and then said, and players love that. Defensemen love it because it takes some pressure off of them. Cool. That's the sort of insight mm-hmm. I want, right? Is he Eddie Olchek? No, he's not. But, you know, it's his first really, regular first season game. game, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I like that he was uh, analyzing, pointing things out. And I think what I like about Vosters is 
he knows his role is to call the game and then get the insight and analysis from Patrick Sharp. Sometimes he'll just lay out and let Sharpie take over. Sometimes Vossers will ask, ask him a direct question. Hey, in this situation, what, what are you trying to do here? That's great. That's what mm-hmm. you want your broadcast to look like. And as Vossers learns more about the game and their chemistry develops, it's going to get that natural flow that Foley and Olchek had because it's going to become second nature. I'll give you a little peek behind the curtain. Chris Fosters is trying and is trying to learn as much as he can about hockey as quickly as possible. He uh, was in Denver last night, obviously not broadcasting the game because yep. it was on TNT. He sat in the press box, right? He was right next to uh, our guy, Charlie and, and myself the whole night. And he had his notebook out. He was asking us questions the whole night, trying to like, when he didn't completely understand something in the play, he wanted to know, or he was like, Hey, am I right by saying that this, this is, he is being a sponge right now. You got to remember, he's not a hockey guy, but he's learning, trying to become uh, more educated on, on the intricacies of the game. And, you know, he probably filled three or four pages of his notebook, just watching that game. And, and, uh, that was really cool to see. He is working hard at his craft, and I've been I've been impressed so far. Uh, and, and as I said, great dudes. So yeah, uh, I think that we're going to see. You know, I know he's replacing Pat Foley, and I, that's impossible. A, a near uh, yes, yeah. but he's not trying to be Pat Foley. He's trying to be Chris Foster's. And I think as the season goes on, and he and Patrick Sharp get more chemistry to go together, I like where they're going. Uh, I think uh, you're going to see less and less fans you know, uh, bitching about Chris Foster's for no reason, just because he's not Pat Foley. So uh, I I like where the broadcast is going. And I like that. It's not, you know, a different guy every night that helps too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and and he's got, you know, for, for Chris, he's got two, two very uh, in, you know, hockey intelligent people to, to, to play off of in both Patrick Sharp and Troy Murray. So, I mean, for his first season, um, you know, the, the situation that, kind of came up with Eddie Olchek. Uh, we thought he was going to really, you know, help Vosters in, in his role. Um, you know, obviously now uh, Eddie's no longer with the team, um, but he's got, he's got sharp and he's got Murray to, to, to play off of. And, and yeah, I think as, as the season goes on, you know, he only had a handful of games last year. So it's, it, he's still learning. He's still getting, getting the, uh, you know, getting comfortable with it. And, and so is sharp. And, and so I think as the season goes on, I think that that level of comfort is going to continue to grow and, and the chemistry is going to grow. And yeah, by mid season, I think we're going to have, you know, probably no complaints about the broadcast well, he's on also, the ice. Yeah. Plenty to complain about. Sure. He's also got Colby Cohen who th- yeah. those two guys seem to be pretty close yeah, um, they're, the they're, ice and, and they're I connected at the hip at practice. They're always together talking and, yeah. and listen, Kobe Cohen does never stops talking about hockey. The man <laughs> loves the game. So sitting next to him for a couple hours a day, you're going to absorb a lot of great hockey info. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like the, the dynamic of, of Vosters and sharp in the booth and Colby between the benches. I think that is the best way to that's, do it. That's uh, a good setup. Colby was in studio today. So was Scott Darling. We should talk about him a little bit. Uh, he was brought into the NBC sports Chicago team. With yeah. Kaylee Chelios and, and Colby and Pat Boyle. Um, and first show for him. And he was good. They were talking a lot about his like stand-up comedy career and all those things. But when it came time to, to talk about the game, he seemed comfortable. And look, I think that a lot of people think that that is an easy thing to do. It's not. 
once those lights goes on, they'll go on and the camera goes on, you get nervous. And like, I still get nervous before every show. I don't want to speak for you guys either, but there's always nerves, no matter how Mm -hmm. long you've been doing this. And uh, I think he handled it really well. And I I do think he's going to get a lot better and calmer because he's kind of rushing through his thoughts a little bit. You could tell he was feeling, you know, but that's totally, that is the most Mm -hmm. typical thing for a new broadcaster is you got to slow down, you know, enunciate, don't say like all the time, which I do all the time, (laughs) Um, but he'll get better. And uh, he's working with a bunch of pros over there. So no doubt I'm happy for him too, that he found a role uh, talking about this team because he's another great dude. Um, And fans love Scott Darling and they should. And they should. He's a great story. And as somebody who uh, has, uh, you know, dealt with some demons and, and has, 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 you know, daily fight staying sober, you know, he's, he's a hero of mine. I'd love to get him on the show one of these times now that he's, you know, it's not a far trip to the West Loop from Lamont. Maybe we should get him in the show. He's from Lamont, right? I don't know if right? I, I heard a rumor so. about that. Yeah. I, think, so. you, I yeah. think they mentioned that once on a broadcast about six years ago. Hmm. That doesn't I think that's familiar. true. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I would love to have them. And look, like any, like Charlie or whoever, come on down. I just think that they have this kind of like, we have a podcast and you have a podcast, so we have to be enemies. Why? Nah, no. Let's all, let's all help each other. Let's, you know, it's a big community. We all do different stuff, you know? So I'd love to have any of those guys, but darling for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It'd be great to talk. And we got uh, some, you know, after Saturday, we've got, Four days off until the next game. A couple of days. So we'll have some time. So hopefully we can oh, find a guest or two well, we, to swing by and visit with us. Yeah, we don't have four days off, but the team does. Yeah, the team does. Exactly. No games to discuss. No so, games right. to discuss. Anyway. But we can get really amped up for the Blackhawks and Red Wings as they reignite the rivalry on opening night for uh, the United Center. Always excited for Hawks and Wings. I don't care what the situation is, who's good, who's bad. It is always a special night for me. Every time. Yeah. Love it. I uh, I look forward to seeing all the uh, Red Wings fans from Naperville and Downers Grove at the uh, <laughs> at the UC on Friday night. Yeah, exactly. There's some uh, d bag that hangs a Red Wings flag outside his house every time the Hawks and Wings play. So might do a set it on fire. Ah, hey, it's right a... before Halloween. Get a, get a get a dozen yeah, I'll, eggs. And, I'll blame and, it on some and... youths. Yeah, yeah. TP the house. I saw a band of ruffians running that way. <laughs> They're wearing avalanche shirts. <laughs> all right let's wrap it up fellas shall we is it yes, time to finally go to bed all yeah. right thanks everybody for joining us in a chat again we've been seeing some new names in there uh brandon lynn is in there sam's been with us the last few nights yeah. so uh thanks everybody for checking us out make sure you tell a friend about it because chances are if you're a hockey fan you know a couple others let them know as uh, we get our season underway here we're going to make it fun uh even though the season might not be uh that fun after all so For Mario and Greg, I'm Jay. Thanks to Steven for producing the show. We will talk to you late night Saturday after the Hawks and Sharks. This has been the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.